Welcome to On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Olivier Cost as part of our series on referees and scoring and judging. As always, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, Matt Lucas Muay Thai, or email me at a period Matt period Lucas at gmail.com. I try to respond to all of my messages. Thanks to all the people that have supported me so far, sharing the podcast, leaving reviews. If you'd like to leave a review, that would be super helpful. You can do so on the iTunes store. As always, after years of hard work, studying and being in the game, I've decided to I published a Muay Thai encyclopedia. It is called I'm Fighting in Thailand. It is available on Amazon as an ebook and in print. It helps educate and guide careers by saving fighters from costly mistakes. Thanks as always to Patrick Rivera for helping getting the show started. Along with our topic today, I have I am also releasing a Patreon account, myself, JJ Ferraro, and Stefan Strahmeyer. It will be a monthly updated account that goes over scoring, judging, refereeing, um, everything to do with the officiating side of things. We will be reviewing fights as well. We've already done a soft launch and we'll be doing a regular launch in the beginning of February, or in the beginning of March, rather. So this is a great interview with Olivier. I think he talks a lot about what it's like being a referee and you know the presence that you have to have. So without further ado, the interview with Olivier. So thank you so much for taking your time out today, Olivier. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you very much. Uh, obviously, you're, you've been very, very busy with refereeing. Um, you're, you recently were on the recent One Championship show, doing the entire bout, um, the entire show. But how did you get into refereeing? Um, on my side, I've been uh, refereeing now for more than 10 years. And I started in Bangkok in uh, 2010. Um, so it's for a show called Naxu. So it was an amateur amateur event. Um, so basically, we just asking me to uh, be around the cage, you know, uh, because at that uh, the the ring. Sorry, because at that time it was just a ring. They, they didn't they, they weren't using cages. So I had to basically they asked me at first to be around and do the safety for avoiding you know the fighters going through ropes and then falling down. So that was basically my first job, I would say, in uh, the MMA events. And then when mm-hmm. I, then I saw that I was very involved and very uh, motivated, you know, to do this job. And then they knew that I was doing Muay Thai for a long time. And they knew that I was training MMA at that time. They asked me if I wanted to uh, start um, uh, refereeing. So I accepted. And then this is just how we started. Mm. And what is your Muay Thai background? I know you were at a gym uh, in Hoi Kwan for a number of years, but can you talk a little bit about your fight career? So on my side, I have been uh, fighting a couple of times in uh, in Thailand. I started basically 
um, when I when I started to establish myself in Thailand, so it was in 2004. Um, I started at uh, Rompo Gym. This is when I started uh, training Muay Thai. That was my first time, basically, uh, training martial arts. So I was 24 years old. So I was already, you know, old, you know, to start. I would say a career, you know, as a, as a fighter, right? But I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's something I really wanted to do arriving in Thailand. And then after six months training in Rompo Gym, I moved to uh, Lukbanyang. This is so. This is in Wakewang, and I trained there for I would say about seven years. Um, so yeah, I got. Um, I, I would say that all my basics uh, that I got from Muay Thai was uh, I got it from training with multiple champions there. You know, uh, Dej Namlong was one of them as well. You know, so um, so yeah, it was really a good time for me, and, and I would definitely say that was best out of my life. You know. So, um, mm. so yeah. And when you were at Rampo and uh, Luke Banyan, uh, did you fight that often or were you working as well? Um, so basically, like I said, I trained martial art at 24. I started martial art at 24 years old. So I had a couple of Muay Thai fights. And then at the same time, my um, I was working because I needed some income, you know, so as much as I could. Because basically, after two years spent in Thailand, um, I ran out of money. Um, I knew that, you know, I was I was doing good and Muay Thai, but at the same time, I knew that if I wanted to stay for a long time, I needed to find something. So that's why I got into uh, um, stuntman. So I've been uh, working as a stuntman for six years. So and then um, I did a Muay Thai show as well as a casting director. Um, so, yeah, I was really busy as well doing my stunts, um, doing my other works on the side. So, um, yeah, I didn't, it, it wasn't really for me my, my main focus, Muay Thai, but I got involved a lot with uh, helping the fighters as well for the training camp and holding pads and all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And you said you did some casting director. Uh, position can you talk about that a bit and what you work for yeah so um, I, I work for um, the contender Muay Thai so, oh yeah yeah <clears throat> so the contender Muay Thai basically started in Thailand this is how this is the, the place where they studied the show and then I was a casting director so I basically went through all the gyms in uh, Thailand to uh, find uh, the best uh, Muay Thai fighter to uh, get into the show. So, uh, Shuatana, I had Lam Song Kran. Uh, at that time, Senshai didn't mind about his weight, so he would get into the show. Uh, and then Wakao and then Chogdi, Chogdi uh, um, from a Wakao gym. So, yeah, I went all over, um, all over Thailand uh, to find mm-hmm. the best fighters. So, we almost started the show. Um, and then stuff happened with the warehouse and all these things. And then after that, that's why they moved to Singapore. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is after that, they started the show. But I really uh, had a great experience, you know, being able to just go through all Thailand and then just do casting uh, and then interview all those incredible fighters, you know. So that was an uh, amazing experience for me. Yeah, that's a very, very good base uh, in the sport, you know, working as the casting director for uh, Contender, which had a huge role 
and the growth of Muay Thai and then also being at those gyms for so long. Indeed. Um, but can you expound a little more or talk a little bit more about uh, your referee career? You said in 2010 you started uh, working in this amateur show, uh, Naksu, and then you started to referee inside the show as well? Yes, so I basically started with uh, uh, Naksu, and then from mm-hmm. there, um, I had uh, one promoter came to me uh, after two events, uh, two, two events, yeah, with, uh, after two events with uh, Naksu, one of the promoter, uh, so that show called the beginning there, their championship. And then mm-hmm. they asked, they asking me if I wanted to be a referee for them because they, they kind of check on me on, on Maxu events. And um, yeah, this is where I started with their championship. This is where I met John Nutt as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then from that point, it just went, you know, I would say like all the way up to one championship, going through different uh, organization like um, Mima as well, based in, um, so it was another amateur uh, event um, that I've been doing for five years. Um, so I was uh, official there, I was just the, the main official. So I, I had like a team, you know, of judges and referees, and then we were doing all the shoot through the whole year. And then what I had as well, Primal FC. Uh, I went to IMAF in Las Vegas, for um for a week um and then yeah i did a lot of shows you know around around asia Mm. and were a lot of those shows mma shows or was it a mix of mma and muay thai or was it mainly muay thai as well uh no all the shows uh, there were mma mma shows Mm. so when did you start refereeing muay thai uh my first time was with one championship. My mm. first time with one championship. This is uh, the the time where they were saying they would uh, have a super series, so Muay Thai and kickboxing. Mm. And at that time, they didn't have uh, any referees, and I told them that something that I wanted to do for a long time uh, because of my Muay Thai background. And um, and yeah, this is uh, this is how I started uh, become a, a Muay Thai. Uh, I would say Super Series referee. Yeah, and the Super Series has only hasn't been around for that long. It's only been about three, three and a half years or so. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, and what has it been like for you to uh, referee the Muay Thai events? Because you're doing Muay Thai, MMA, and kickboxing, correct? Yes, that's right. Um, you know, we basically every time I'm basically uh, I have a, we have another referee that doing the same as me. But during one event, you know, is is kind of tough, you know, to to switch, you know, rule set, you know, in between kickboxing, Muay Thai, and MMA at the same time in one night. But um, but every beginning of the bouts, you know, I'm always you know trying to uh, remember all those things, those the mechanics, you know, that I have to go through during the fights. So that kind of helped me, you know, to focus on each about being either Muay Thai or kickboxing or MMA. Um, but it's uh, something that, uh, you know, I love refereeing. Um, so I, I, I don't have any, uh, I don't have, to me, I don't have any problems with that. Yeah. Uh, you talked about some of the different mechanics and just focusing on them. What are some of the different 
mechanics that are different from between Muay Thai and kickboxing? You you can see uh, you know in different bouts in between kickboxing, uh, Muay Thai and MMA, the stance the, you know the stance of fighters is different. Uh, as well, with leaving more space, you know, in between the fight, me and the fighters, when uh, there is a Muay Thai in kickboxing and MMA, uh, sense is different, so they can shoot for takedowns. So we definitely have that space that we need to give to the fighters. We do give more space in MMA than we do in Muay Thai, and but we always keep the same. We try to keep the same position, like as a triangle means that I always have to be I always have to be in the middle so I'm being able to see all the shots from the whole body if I'm behind you know it's stuff that I won't be able to see after that is happens and the fighters moving very fast so you know it can happen to me that being behind the fighters so yeah we always trying to get that uh, triangle position at all time so we are able to see everything so we can uh, really, you know, decide if there is a low blow or anything or, or those things, you know, so. Mm. Um, and you said that sometimes you do get behind the fighters. What do you do? Do you try and scramble out of the way? How do you prevent getting in a disadvantaged position when you're refereeing? <clears throat> so we try, you know, basically every uh, every every before events you know i'm always trying to review fights and see how fighters react the way they like for example to shoot for a takedown how they like to move inside the cage so i'm being able to know on which side they like to move from the left or the right so at that point i can find my position you know throughout the whole the whole fight you know so it's easier for me but at the same time yeah it just can happen so i'm moving quickly to the other side and um, trying to following up with them. Basically, I'm being part of the fight. So, yeah. Yeah, the, that must be a lot of pressure and a lot of excitement to be such a big part of the fight as well. Uh, but why do you referee? What do you get out of it? Uh, I've always been, you know, looking for adrenaline, you know, and, and fights, you know, uh, to me... I love being watching fights, and then um, and then at the same time, just being part of this is just so exciting and, and adrenaline, and, and and I just love it. You know, I just you know, like like everybody say, you know, I have for them, I do have the best seat in the house, you know. <laughs> but but at the same time, you have the best seat in the house with all the pressure that goes with it. Um, mm -hmm. But it's something like. You know this feeling that I have, you know, just being being in there with now because before I respect all the fighters, right? But right now the level is kind of insane with the Super Series and the MMA in one championship. So just to be in there, you know, to me is just uh, unique, you know. And um, but I, I I love what I'm doing and um, I will keep doing what I'm doing. And uh, yeah. That's it, you know. I'm I'm gonna become a fireman again, so I'm just love, you know, being able to, you know, uh, help help people and then um, just uh, work for safety, you know, for everyone, you know. So I'm doing always my best, you know, to you know be in there whenever I have to be, you know. So.
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You talked a bit about the pressure. Obviously, you are officiating very, very high-level fights, um, you know, like this, the Kickboxing World Championship where a lot of money is on the line, and then also these very, very high-profile Muay Thai fights. How do you deal with that pressure? Um, it's something that came with the time. You know, it was, uh, I remember my first event that I did with one championship. I have so much pressure that honestly, I was asking myself with the crowd and everything, you know, cameras and everything. I was like, honestly asking myself, can I really do this? But every time is the same. And every event has been the same since the beginning. The first fight is the toughest for me because this is where, you know, you get into the mood, I will say, you know, of the, the fights, you know, where you finally, you know, it's the first minutes, you know, where you need, you switch your brain, be like, okay, now I'm inside the fight and then let, let's go, let's go for it, right? So the first fight always, you know, helped me, you know, somehow, you know, to get into the mood for the whole night. So, um, but at the same time, I'm, you know, trying to, uh, before events, you know, relax, you know, stay in my room, just relax. And, uh, and enjoy the moment. Yeah. It sounds very similar to uh, being in a fight itself. You know, the first opening seconds or minute is very, very nerve-wracking, and then you just sort of get into the moment. Would you that's right. say that's a pretty fair comparison then? Oh, yeah, yes, for sure. And, and we, we can – I can feel it. I can feel it as well with the with the fighters whenever they go in, you know. Some is different for everyone, you know. I see, I can see some of the fighters that are very relaxed. Um, mm -hmm. you, after I don't know how they feel inside, you know. Sometimes I can feel people can see me, you know, like that I'm, you know. Sometimes I have a bit of smile and being just relaxed, and, but inside, so much things go running through my mind, you know. But uh, I'm trying to not show it, of course, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty similar. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And do you feel like as a referee, you need to maintain a certain level of composure? Like you can't smile or you can't show those nerves, which maybe a fighter would be able to, you know, like Ratang is, he gets hit, he sort of can shake it off. But a referee, you know, generally does not do the same. Uh, no, um, I mean... You know, I'm trying, you know, sometimes uh, to uh, look around and just be like more, uh, yeah, more more relaxed. You know, I'm trying to calm myself down, you know, because sometimes it's so much pressure from, from the last time, you know, when you start to do like so much bouts and you get start to get a bit tired and you feel like you're out of focus because your brain has been working so much in your eyes as well. So sometimes just, you know, looking around and just try to relax my mind, you know. Um, if I can, yeah, throw a little smile and make myself, okay, you know, come down, you know, just you, you're good at it, you know, you know what you have to do, you know, so relax and, you know, like I said before, enjoy the moment. Yeah. And you obviously have a lot of experience refereeing, but you, and you've probably done some things very correctly and some mistakes as well. What were some of your maybe early mistakes and early things that you did right that, you know, you have reflected on? I think, I'll be honest with you, I might have like two or three fights, you know, since I've been referee that I felt like I was definitely a bit, you know, late on my calls. I don't really do have problem with 
slightly early stoppages. I really mm-hmm. do have problems with late stoppages. Because to mm-hmm. me, once again, I am here, you know, to make sure that I'm stopping the fight on time and the fighters won't get extra damage because I know those things mm-hmm. can be irreversible. And then, you know, the brain damage is can be affect them for life, for, you know, memories and all those things. So they, this is something sometimes that, you know, I'm um, thinking about, yeah, like, like, like you asked me before, those uh, calls that I made and to me was late. Um, but I learned, I learned, I learned from them. And then um, this is, you know, what we do, you know, I mean, like we all humans, you know, sometimes we make mistakes, but the thing is we have to learn from them and try to not, you know, um, do it again, you know? So, uh, but th- those ones were like, I would say like six years ago, you know? So, um, so from now I've been very, try to be very, very focused. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if it's hard, you know, sometimes, you know, you just going through you, you in the fight, you know, and your brain might switch to something else and you're coming back. Oh, oh, wait, wait, I'm in the fight, you know? So, you know, sometimes something going to remind you about something and you're going to, you know, think about something else. But now I'm really trying to be focused from the first second to the last second. You know? So I think my core, I've been very consistent and then, um, yeah, just doing my best, you know, for do the right calls, you know, every time. Yeah. And what do you think you did right uh, or correctly right from the start? You know, were there any things that, anything that you are very glad that you got into a habit of doing from the get-go? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's been, like I say, you know, I'm very I rather I rather be slightly um, early than definitely too late, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I think I, I've been working on this so much, you know. Um, but but you know you, you have been all those referee. If you if it was an easy job, you, you would be so many people doing this. But you don't see so many referees at the top, you know. Mm-hmm. Is you can see always, you know, in the UFC is the same. I mean, like you can always see the same 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 person doing it. Because it's not, it's not, it's, it's not an easy job, you know. So, um, no, I've been very happy with, with, with my work recently of what I've been doing. I have a lot, a lot of good feedbacks from a lot of people, and I'm and I'm happy with that. But I'm 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 keeping in mind the the, the feedback from people that professionals, the people who have experience in fighting, not mm-hmm. you know not the fans, not the people sitting in the couch. It's just gonna be like. You know, treating the ref like they always do. You know, because at the end of the day, we, when we do good, it's normal. It's our job. But when we fucked up, we are, yeah, the worst people in the world. You know, so. But it's okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with that now. It was hard for me at the beginning because I'm someone that's very friendly and someone that really like to be appreciated with people because I think I do good in life. But sometimes when I see all those things, it's just like bring me down so much, you know. But that was before. Now I'm cool with it. So just doing the job over and over, it sort of, you know, you grew a bit of a thick skin to the sort of casual comments and criticism. You have to. You have to. You have to. Except if you don't, you're not on social media and you don't looking on anything. If not, you're going to have to, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because definitely one of the things about social media is 
you know, I see sometimes the referees will get flagged off about, oh, you know, this was an early stoppage or where was the ref or blah, blah, blah. Uh, so you just ignore all that. Um, I'm, you can see I'm on social media pretty often. So I'm seeing all those things. And of course, I'm getting so many messages, you know, sometimes. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm cool. With it. It's just part of my job, you know. Like my problem that I have with it, and I've been saying many times, I'm a perfectionist. And it's very mm -hmm. hard to be a perfectionist doing this work because it's just mm -hmm. calls that has to be made in a second. And, and, and you know, doing a zero mistake, it's impossible with this job. So that's why it's been tough for me at the beginning because I'm, I'm real perfectionist, you know. But once again, I think maybe that's why I do fit and, you know, um, seeing it through the, the feedback. That's why I think I'm, mm -hmm. I'm good at what I'm doing because I'm a real perfectionist. I'm, I, I like to, you know, to do everything correctly and, and you know, I, I'm looking for perfection. But once again... It's impossible with this job, you know, so he's uh, kind of tough, you know, but I'm okay. I'm okay. And what is the feedback that is positive? How, what sort of feedback do you get that is helpful? Like the feedbacks from the professionals, you know, like uh, some, mm -hmm. you know, people have, you know, experience um, in fighting. People have been in my shoes as well, because you will mm -hmm. only know when you put yourself in someone's shoes how tough it is. You will only know at that time. You cannot just looking at someone and say like, oh, I can do this. It's easy. Why he didn't do this? Why he didn't do that? The day you will put yourself in his shoes, then to me, you can be able to judge him. If not, mm -hmm. no. You know, so I'm looking for those people. You know, uh, I'm looking for those people. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and just going back a bit, we talked about working the different rule sets and how it can be mentally different. Uh, usually you um, have a couple referees working the show. Is it split up? So, you know, you are working all the Muay Thai bouts and then the second referee, the kickboxing bouts, uh, the third referee, all the MMA bouts, or do you all switch between the rule sets? How does that work? So before COVID changed a lot of things as well. You know, before COVID, we have all mm -hmm. these super series referees. So basically, they were just doing this. You know, they were just doing the super series fight. I was doing some as well, but mostly, you know, most events we had those super series referees, and then we had we were two MMA referees. But now with COVID, they cannot uh, around the cage. They cannot bring too much people, so they really have. They can have you know two referees on every event. So that's why we need to be able you know to switch between all those uh, rule sets. So um, yeah, mm -hmm. but before that, yeah, we had like uh, referees for Super Series. Uh, they were only mm -hmm. doing this. So COVID changed and a lot so, of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I definitely appreciate the way that uh, a lot of professionals like you have adapted to COVID, letting the fights go on. Uh, it is not an easy thing, especially with all the travel, the delays, you know, just rule changes. Um, so it must be very difficult. Yes, yeah, especially at the beginning, you know, quarantine, you know, when you have your event on Friday and then you have to spend the whole week in the room, um, you know, all you all you want you know is just to be outside and have a walk and go cycling running or whatever because you know you know 
that during events is very tough. But no, you have to be stuck in your room for five days. So it, it has been very tough at the beginning, going through all those PCR tests and all those things, you know. But we were able to go through it, and then now it's getting easier. Now the fact that I had COVID, actually, I don't have any PCR tests. Olivia, I don't, yeah. Hello. Yeah, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, your connection got a little spotty there for a minute. Uh, yep, can sorry. you just repeat that? Yeah, no, I, I was just saying before. Uh, I, I, uh, okay, I was saying uh, for the, with the COVID thing, you know, before events, you just wish that you can just go out, you know, and get the fresh air, go running, cycling, or whatever you can, you know, to relax uh, yourself before the event. But no, I've been staying in my room for five days, so that's been very, very challenging. And like I was saying, now it's getting easier for me because the fact that I got COVID, I don't need to go through PCR tests in uh, Singapore. Mm -hmm. And also, I don't have quarantine anymore. So it's, it's easier mm -hmm. for me now. Yeah, a lot easier for me now. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that, uh, especially because one championship is having such regular shows. I believe they're on like a bi-weekly schedule now. Yes, uh, every two weeks, basically. Yeah. Um, so going back to some of the, you know, now that the Super Series refs aren't there, do you have to switch your mentality between the different rule sets? And how do you do that? Like, how do you think about Muay Thai versus kickboxing? And, you know, you said that there's some spacing issues, but are there other things that you are thinking about? Um yeah, like, like I say, I was uh, talking about the, the the stance, you know. But to me, I don't, I don't honestly, I don't have any problem with that, you know. I just, mm -hmm. you know, seeing the um, the fighters, the way the way they fight, just easy for me just to know that I'm into Muay Thai or kickboxing. Of course, sometimes I have to be. The, the only challenging problem that I have is in between the Muay Thai and the kickboxing with the with the clinching. So mm -hmm. you need to be careful, like, for example, in kickboxing, many people must not know, but in the kickboxing, you're allowed to have three seconds of active clinch, mm -hmm. where maybe in K1 back in the days, you were just allowed to have like one knee and then that's it, out of the clinch mm -hmm. right away. But here's a bit different, so you're allowed to have three seconds of active, active clinch. So that's mm -hmm. what makes... Uh, you know, the difference after all the sweeps and all those things that we don't have, you know, so that's the little bit of difference that we have in between kickboxing and Muay Thai and the elbow. And then, of right, of course. And how long do the athletes at one championship, the Muay Thai athletes generally clinch for? Uh, it just depends on if it's a clean, mm -hmm. active clinch, you know, um, and yeah, it just can can go on, you know, but it uh, has to be clean, um, clean clinch and be active, you know, once I feel like, mm. you know, it's getting the actions being stopped, we split and then go back fighting. Mm. And do you have like a standard operating procedure that you do every time you get into the ring or every bout, you know, you, to some degree, there is one, like you bring them together, you explain the rules a little bit then you separate them. But do you have something more um, besides that? Or do you have like things that you always want to remind the fighters of? 
Um, the thing is, you know, before the fight, I don't want to, you know, get into them. I don't want to have a, a, a proper conversation with them. It's just a, a small mm -hmm. reminders because they already like focus so much on what they're going to do, you know, game plans and all these things, you know. So to me, I do feel that they already know the rules because before the events, you know, they have a rules check with the officials. So um, I don't want to get into their mind too much before the events, before the fights. Like like I said, they have a game plan you know, to focus on or just remind them where they do not do not hit like all the back of the heads because it's very dangerous. Maybe all the, mm -hmm. with their fingers because now with Muay Thai, we have small gloves. Mm -hmm. So the Muay Thai fighters, they don't get used to that. All those little things, but that's it. You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get too much with them. Mm -hmm. And when you are in the ring with the athletes, you know, sometimes the athletes are getting hurt um, and you do do early stoppages or you not early stoppages, but you are, you try to be more cautious. What are you looking for when a fighter is getting injured and when do you feel is the time to stop the bout? Um, to me, I always review fights. So I'm trying to see what are their strengths and weakness. Um, and then, um, you know, to me, whenever a punch has been landed, how, how he's been landing. Um, if he was, if Olivia? He was, yeah. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe Hello, the sir. weather here, I don't know, but usually I have, I have a quite, uh, a good internet here, so I don't know why it's... you can hear me or not. Yeah, I can hear you again. Can you just repeat that? Yeah, no, no. What you're saying, like in, you know, whenever someone getting knocked down, it just depends on how he's been, if the clean, he were, if he was a clean shot, a hard shot, how he's been like that. Also, like I said before. I will, I'm looking, I'm always re reviewing fights. So just to see uh, the two sides that we have, the, you know, those two guys fighting each other, what kind of style, if their weakness, you know, or, you know, what is, whether they are strong punchers and stuff like this. So, yeah, I'm focusing on this, you know. And as well, before I stop the fight, mm -hmm. I'm trying to give them as much as I can time. But I don't want to give them too much time to recover, especially if he's in the early minutes where they are so fresh. So he's, if you're getting rocked and you have someone that is all so fresh and focused, he's, he's going he's mm -hmm. to be easier for him to finish you up, you know? So that's why I'm very cautious, especially in the first minutes. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and obviously you are sort of, you're the official in the ring, but have you ever had athletes not listen to you before? And how do you control the athletes? Uh, not really. You, you, honestly, I have. A, um, I'm getting a lot of respect, you know, by the all the fighters. You know, so getting mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of them, you know, asking me sometimes, "Oh, can you be my ref?" I'm not the one who decide, anyways. But uh, I have a, a lot of respect from the the fighters, you know. So you know, usually, I, I almost I don't think I ever ever had a problem with a fighter before. But if it doesn't listen, mm -hmm. once again, we do at one championship have the yellow. And the red card, you know. So this is what can we can use. Um, I'm 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 using when I have to, you know. But um, mm. that's it. But no, usually I don't have problem with with them not listening to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I think the cards have only been given out just a handful of times in the past, correct? Yes. It's not a very common occurrence. No, 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 no. Of course. No, of course. Um, and then what are some of the things that you think make for a good referee? Um, I think, you know, whatever you do in life, I guess that you really have to be, uh, you know, passionate about what you're doing. If you love what you're doing, you can be only good at it, you know. But um, I think, um, you know, in the ring, someone that, someone in, or in the cage, you know, someone that is very, you know, focused, they love martial arts and is really passionate about that, I think it can be a good referee, you know. Um, I don't think, like mm -hmm. I said before, I don't think a good fighter can be a good referee. I don't think a good fighter can be a good coach. Um, so it doesn't really depend on your uh, martial art background, if you're, even if you ever fight before. If, I mean, like some people, they have this question about should you have been fighting before to be able to be a referee? To me, I don't think so. Like I said to you before, it's not a good fighter can be a good coach. And I don't think mm -hmm. a good fighter can be a good referee as well, you know? So it's, it's all about the love of what you're doing that makes you good at it, you know? So, um, yeah, everybody is different. I think to me, on my side, the only thing I can say is I've been a firefighter uh, for uh, five years, you know, uh, when before I left Thailand, and that helps me a lot, you know, uh, with my referee career. Mm. And do you think that more people should try to become referees, or do you think, you know, it's, it's something that is pretty difficult and you know, if people aren't passionate, super, super passionate about it, they probably shouldn't try. Uh, to me, once again, I knew it, it wouldn't be a hobby, like not something that I would do when I have a free time. This mm -hmm. is my, this is to me, is same as a fighter. This is my life, you know, this is my life. So I'm mm -hmm. dedicated everything to this. Um, so yeah, if you want to get into this, it's going to be tough. And then at the same time, I, I'm, I'm not looking to do anything else on the side because I want to be focused on this only. And it's the only thing I have to be here. But, um, mm -hmm. like I said before, if you don't see so many, you know, uh, referees reaching the top, he might mean something, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, I, I have been seeing a lot of referees getting to this and, you know, not seeing a long time because. Because, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. Yeah. And how would people become referees, you know, if they were super passionate about it? What sort of advice would you give them? There is a, a lot of amateur events, you know, going on in, I guess, every country. So, like, I, this is exactly what I did before. So, yeah, I think you should, if you're really concerned about so if you really want to be a referee, I think you should look for that, uh, reaching out for amateur events and then try to get your first, you know, your first steps in there. As well, if you can look for seminars, at that, at that, at, at that moment, it's not easy, you know, to find seminars with all this COVID thing. But I really do because I'm getting a lot of requests about that. So I'm, I really hope I can set up something soon. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, I hope that you're able to because you definitely have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge that you could share. Uh, just wrapping things up, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Um, 
No, I think I talk about a lot of things. Um, and so again, I'm just, you know, doing my best every time to do the right thing for the fighters. Um, every time, um, even Y2K on his last fight, you know, right after mm -hmm. the fight, the day after the fight, you know, we had to talk together and then he just told me, that's it, you know, just got caught and I will, I will be back and that's it, you know, no complaint on me. It's funny to see the, the fans, you know, saying, complaining about my stoppages and then at the same time when I have a talk with the fighters, they, I have no complaint from them. They're kind of happy that I was, you know, being there for them. Mm -hmm. But um, it does, it doesn't, like I said, I'm, I'm focusing on the feedback from fighters and professionals, not on other people. But no, thank you for having me. Um, I'm, I'm always happy to be able to answer questions because a lot of people, you know, asking, asking themselves things about how I function, how I think and how I do, you know, inside or outside of the cage. So, yeah, that was good to have a talk with you. Awesome. And if people are interested in following along or, you know, uh, with your journey as a referee, uh, where can they find you? They can, I don't know, they can go through my Facebook uh, or, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, Facebook or Instagram. As I have a lot of requests on my Instagram on messages asking me about if I'm going to run out of seminar or sometimes they just have a question, you know, just give me. Um, how they could start or anything. So I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm here to answer if I can guide them or help them, you know, to get into this job, you know, I would definitely do it. Well, I definitely appreciate your time out and uh, look forward to seeing you grow and your continued presence uh, at one championship and other elite level shows around the world. Thank you so much, Olivia. Thank you very much. So that was a great interview with Olivier. You know, he's been in the game for over 10 years. Uh, he started, you know, from the ground up working at uh, Noxu, uh, amateur MMA and Muay Thai promotion. Then he went into Dare and did MMA there. So you can see how long it took him to get to where he, are, where he is. And he just built himself up over and over, over the course of time. So I think he's done a really great job and a lot of what he has to say about success and how a referee should be presented is really important. So thank you so much for listening. This has been On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of, Matt, of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people.